If you have a Bible, I want you to open with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians. The book of 1 Thessalonians, you're going to get familiar with this book. I want to encourage you to begin reading it as we continue with our theme for the year of 2022 is the word authentic. Would you say that with me? Authentic. That's the word that God has put in my heart every year. I ask the Lord to give me a word for my life and for us as a church. The word authentic means genuine. It means real. It means true. It means pure. It means original. And in a world that we're living in today that's full of heresy, hypocrisy, and hysteria, how many know what we need is authenticity? We need that which is real and genuine. We need to get back to the authentic, the real, the genuine gospel, and we need to get back to the authentic and the genuine and the original Jesus. If we're going to see our lives change, then we're going to see our world change. Now, we told you that we're going to use that theme in every area of the ministry. Um, our podcast, if you have not been familiar with it or you didn't listen all last year, we went through the Old Testament, we had a reading plan, and we did a podcast that came out um, every week, usually comes out on Monday, um, and it's a great way to just connect during the week, and um, you can find out how to get that through the website or, or through the different platforms. And in that, in our podcast, we're talking about authentic wisdom. We're bringing that authentic into our podcast, and we're doing authentic wisdom. We're studying the book of Proverbs. Instead of going through the whole Old Testament, we're just narrowing it down to the book of Proverbs. And in the book of Proverbs, there are gems of wisdom and nuggets of truth that we can live. How to really live wise. How many know wisdom is the principal thing, the thing that we need to get? And so we'll be doing that with our podcast, with authentic wisdom. And then on our Wednesday nights, we're talking about, and we began last Wednesday on our first Wednesday, we're doing authentic happiness. We're studying the Beatitudes, the attitudes for being happy and blessed that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5. Last week we began that, and each month we're going to be taking a look at that, and we're going to be talking about authentic happiness, how to really be happy, how to really truly be blessed. And then on Sunday mornings, last week we started a new series we're calling The Authentic Life. Say that with me. The Authentic Life. And we're using the book of 1 Thessalonians, and that's going to be our key um, book and, and study scripture focus. And we're going to, this morning, we're going to look at verses, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. I'm going to read those verses, and last week we introduced it. Today will be part 2 of our introduction. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, begin at verse 1. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit with you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of the Lord, we dared to tell you the gospel in the face of strong opposition. For our appeal that we made to you did not spring from error or impure motives. Rather, we didn't even try to, we didn't try to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those that are approved by God entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, who tests, but God who tests our heart. 
You know that we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up uh, the greed or any other any any fraudulent uh, ideas. But we were looking; we were not looking for the praise of you or anyone else. Even though, as apostles, we could have asserted our authority, instead, we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother cares for her children. Now, verse eight to twelve is our key verses that we introduced last week. Because we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, say the gospel, but our lives as well. Say our lives. Surely you remember that our toil and our hardship, we work day and night, not to be a burden to anyone as we preach the gospel to you. You are our witnesses and also is God, how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you that believe. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy. And we told you last week that word worthy means appropriately authentic. Appropriately authentic. Live a life worthy of God who has called us to his kingdom and glory. God is calling us through the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit to live authentic lives, to live lives worthy appropriately authentic before God and before others. Now, last week we gave you an introduction and we gave you two foundational principles out of verses, verse 8 on what the authentic life is. We told you that the authentic life is believing. Say believing. Believing the true and authentic gospel. But it's also, secondly, living. Say living. Living an authentic lifestyle like Jesus Christ. So the authentic life we talked about last week, and if you missed it, you can watch that on YouTube. We talked about that the authentic life foundationally is, is believing the authentic gospel and it's living an authentic lifestyle like Jesus Christ. Now today, part two of the introduction, we want to talk about what I'm calling the marks of the authentic life. The marks of the authentic life. Now, this morning as we consider the marks of authenticity, I want to put up on the screen uh, a, a picture. There are five mo major popular brands that we probably have all heard of or know about that are the most counterfeited, the most knockoffs are made, the most fake. Do we have that slide and picture? I want to put them up. Probably you've heard of it. The, the number one product that's been made knockoffs and fakes is Louis Vuitton. The second is Burberry. The third is Gucci. The fourth is Chanel. And the fifth is Rolex. How many of you have ever heard of one of those brands or all of those brands? Now, those brands are the most popular for fakes, for counterfeit, for not, make, not getting the genuine product. Now, here's the question when it comes to genuine and fakes. How do you tell the difference? How do you know the difference? What are the marks of authenticity that we need to understand? And that's what we're going to look at today. Now, as you look at those products there, if you saw one of these products or you held one of these products, it would be difficult to tell the difference in some ways unless you really knew a lot about the particular product. Now, if, I, if you were walking down the street today of a major city, and you saw a guy selling Rolexes out of the back of his trunk. Or if you saw someone on the street corner with a box of Gucci purses, 
you would, how many know you wouldn't have to look very close? You would probably assume they're fake or they're a knockoff. Now listen, nothing wrong with knockoffs and some people use them, I guess. I guess it's legal and so forth, but here's the point. The point is sometimes it's easy to tell the difference, isn't it? If you see a trunk with some Rolexes, it's pretty easy to say, probably a good chance they're fake. However, how many know it's not always easy when you just look at it, if you just had two Gucci bags held in front of you, it'd be pretty hard to tell the difference. So how do you tell the difference between the two? Well, I did some research, I did some things on that, and, and what's interesting is, is we were able to understand that with these different products, you have to look inside the label. You have to look at the stitching. You have to look at the details of the purse in order to tell the difference between a Gucci. And here you see, if you look, there's a real and there's a fake. And, and, and you, on the surface, you might not know that. Um, and so you'd have to look really careful at the details. And so here's, here's the point of what I want to talk about today. We talk about the authentic life. How many know there are some obvious things out there that if we saw it, we'd say, that's not Christ-like, that's not Jesus, that's not Bible. Come on, how many know that? Just like a guy selling Rolexes out of a trunk, you'd say, that's pretty fake. There are some things we can see at a distance or see in life and say, that's not authentic, that's not Christ-like, that's not Christian, that's not God. However, there are other things that you got to look close, right? There are other times when you got to look at details. Sometimes you got to look at the inside. How many know you can't always tell on the outside? What does the Bible say? Man looks at the outward, but what does God look at? God looks at the heart. God looks at the inward. God looks at the details. And I want to submit to you today that there are details, there are marks of authenticity, that if people look closely at my life and your life and look closely at, at the details and looked at certain things, they would be able to tell the authentic life and what is genuine and what is not. So this morning, I'm going to run through very quickly some different marks of authenticity for our study today. The first one, and we're going to take them all from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. All of these marks are listed for us in these verses. The first one is this, the authentic mark of consistency. Consistency. Would you say that with me? consistency. Look at chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. You know that our visit with you was not without results. We had previously suffered and we were treated poorly at Philippi, but you know that with God's help, we dared to tell you the gospel in the face of opposition. In other words, what Paul was saying is, listen, our character and our gospel and the life that we demonstrated in front of you when we came to you was consistent in character no matter what the circumstance. Whether things were going good or we were being treated poorly, if things were going well or we were facing different opposition, we were consistent with our character. How many know that's a mark of an authentic believer, an authentic Christian? That's an authentic Christian life, is that there's consistency. Consistency. That no matter what we're facing, our character is consistent in all things. Now listen, we will fluctuate by emotions, we will fluctuate by certain things, but when it comes to doing what's right, we're consistent. Let me say something important. The authentic life is doing the right things, not just occasionally, but consistently. Come on, let me say that again. 
The authentic life is doing the right thing, not just occasionally, but consistently. And how many know the real test of character is in times of adversity? What Paul was saying is you saw our life when we got treated poorly in Philippi. We faced strong opposition, and yet you saw how our character was the same and consistent. How many know authentic life is in facing adversity is like a tea bag? True colors come out in hot water. Come on. That's when you find out what's in the inside, how we handle adversity. If we're still consistent with our care, doesn't mean we won't get up or down, doesn't mean we won't feel certain things, doesn't mean we're not human. It just means that we work through those emotions and we stay consistent. That's a mark of an authentic life. That's the mark of authenticity. Now, how many know, how many, anybody here play golf or try to play golf? There, there you go. Well, you just, you just, you just, you just proved my point. And my point is this, how many know a weekend golfer or hacker, like me, hits a good shot every once in a while, right? Just enough to keep me going back, right? But how many know a professional golfer, a real, authentic golfer, hits those good shots consistently? They may hit a bad one every once in a while, but for the most part, they're consistent. That's the difference between a hacker golfer and a real golfer. That's the difference between me and whoever else. Why? Because, and listen, anybody can do the right thing every once in a while. Oh, come on. I know bad people who do good things every once in a while. But when good people do the right things consistently, that's a mark of authenticity in our life. Second, the Authentic life is not only a mark of consistency, secondly, it's a mark of honesty. Say honesty. In verse 3 of chapter 2, Paul says, For our appeal did not spring from error. When we talked to you and we spoke to you, it wasn't with error, it wasn't with deceit, it wasn't dishonest. In other words, when we spoke to you, we told you the truth. I mean, that's a mark of authenticity, is that when we speak, we tell the truth. You know, there's a movie that I saw one time called Something's Gotta Give. Jack Nicholson is the lead, Diane Keaton is the female. They're having an issue in their relationship. And he, they're, they're going through that and all this stuff, and she's all emotional, and he's trying to explain himself, and, and he says to her this, listen, I never really lied to you. I told you some version of the truth. To which her response was, the truth doesn't have versions. How many understand the truth doesn't have versions? And a mark of authenticity is when we tell the truth. Not a version of the truth. We tell the truth. We speak what we're supposed to say. How many know an authentic life speaks with accuracy and with credibility? In Matthew 5, 37, what did Jesus say? Let your communication be honest. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Do not swear by heaven or make promises that you cannot keep. Now listen, how many know when someone swears and pounds on the table and says, I swear on my mother's grave, it's probably a good bet they're lying. 
If they have to, what do they say? If you do protest so much? And what did Jesus say? Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Don't, don't swear by heaven. Don't try to make oaths or promises you can't get. And can I be honest with you, for the last two years, and maybe even longer than that, but especially last, I'm really sick of the lies. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of politicians making promises and saying things they can't tell, and you can be on whatever side you're on. They all lie. And frankly, I'm also upset with preachers who are making promises that the Bible doesn't say. Let's be honest. I'll call them out out there, but you know what? We've got to call it out here too. When we speak, we've got to tell the truth. And we've got to be honest. And our yes has to be yes and our no has to be no. The third mark of authenticity is not only the mark of consistency, the mark of honesty. Thirdly, the mark of integrity. Say integrity. Integrity, First Thessalonians 2 verse 3 goes on to say, our appeal, and when we spoke to you, was not only without error, it was honest, but it, was with, it wasn't with impure motives. You see, honesty is what we say on the outside. Integrity is what we have on the motive on the inside. He says, we didn't have impure motives. We didn't try to trick you. In other words, when we talked to you, we didn't say things with impure or ulterior motives. We didn't have a hidden agenda. How many know when we have a hidden agenda, that's not integrity? 1 Kings 9, 4 God tells Solomon, if you will walk before me as David your father with integrity of heart and do all that I've commanded you, then I will establish your throne forever. Psalm 51 and verse 6, the Bible says, God demands truth in the inward parts. See, when we have integrity in our heart, in our motive, that's a mark of authenticity. The fourth one, not only is it a mark of consistency, honesty, and integrity, fourthly, it's a mark of sincerity. Say sincerity. Verse 4 and 5 of 1 Thessalonians 2. On the contrary, we spoke of those things that were approved by God who entrusted us with the gospel. We were not trying to please people, but God who examines our hearts. For, for not at any time did we know or use flattery with you. In other words, what Paul was saying is we didn't just tell you nice things because we were trying to flatter you. We didn't just tell you things just to say things to win your approval. We didn't say just what you wanted to hear. We said what we said with sincerity. Listen, when someone gives you a compliment or someone gives you even a criticism or someone says something to us, how many know you want it to be with sincerity? You want it to be meant, not just said, just to be said. And I think it's important what Paul is talking about is this mark of sincerity in our heart. And listen, you know what the Bible talks about? In 2 Timothy 2, it talks about that in the last days, and there's going to come a time, and I believe we're living in that time, when people will not want to hear sound doctrine, but they want to hear things that tickle their ears, or they want to hear what they want to be told. And listen when we preach from the pulpit or when we talk to people in our everyday life, sometimes we have to be honest and we have to be sincere and we have to tell not just what they want to hear and just what tickles their ears with flattery. We got to be careful that we don't cross a line. It's okay to give compliments and to be complimentary, but we've got to be sure that we do it with sincerity of heart and we ask God to judge our heart on that as Paul did. In Joshua 24, 14 to 15, Joshua told the people, now fear or reverence the Lord. Serve him with sincerity and truth. Put away the, or put away the other gods or don't mix 
things with the truth with the unerror and mix them together. How many know if you ever bought something that's 100% beef and then something has filler in it? He says, don't mix, he says, those things together. He says, but, but serve God only and wholly, entirely sincere. Philippians 1, 9 to 10, I pray that you would be approved things that are excellent, that you would be sincere or without flaws, that you would live sincere without flaws. The word flaws there is wax. He wants us to have sincerity without wax. How many have ever seen a sculptor or something or, 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 or something like that? And how many know you can tell the difference between one that is authentic and one that is, is not authentic? You can tell that they, they fill in certain things and certain cracks with wax. And it turns colors. And over time it wears. And the crack shows. Um, I don't know. I, know. I know, Gary, you're a handyman kind of a person. But don't they have something called liquid wood? That, plastic wood that you can fill in. And some of us have probably used it to fill in a crack somewhere or to cover up something. And that's good to temporarily do. But how many know you can't sell that as original? And you can't make that and pass that off as, as pure and authentic. You know why? Because it's got filler in it and it's got wax in it. And that's what Paul's talking about. He wants our life to be without cracks that are filled in. He wants us to be forgiven and whole and sincere before the Lord. Number five, the fifth mark of authenticity is not only consistency, honesty, integrity, and sincerity, but number five, the authentic life is a mark of transparency. Say transparency. Verse five in, second, in 1 Thessalonians 2, he says, you know that we didn't wear a mask to cover up greed or any fraudulent activities. You and God are our witnesses. Now today, how many know we're all familiar with masks? We've been familiar with them for a couple of years. And so we get the idea, but I don't have to illustrate that for you. Because Paul is saying we didn't come with some kind of mask. We didn't try to cover up. We were transparent. We were open. We were an open book. And we showed you authenticity. We, were, we didn't hide anything from you. In Mark chapter 23 and verses, or Matthew 23 verses 1 to 36, Jesus gives seven woes to the scribes and Pharisees who claim to be Christian, claimed to be religious, and they would wear their long robes and they would say these long prayers. And Jesus said to them seven times, he gave them woes to you that act this way, but don't live this way. And then he says, he says this, he says in verse 27, you are washed, you are whitewashed sepulchers or tombs. You look good on the outside, but there are dead bones on the inside. Transparency is a mark of authenticity. Number six, the authentic life is a mark of humility. Say humility. You see, there's consistency, honesty, integrity, sincerity, transparency, and sixth, humility. Look at verse six and seven, 1 Thessalonians 2. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or from anyone else. Though we were apostles, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were gentle among you like a nursing mother and his children. In other words, Paul said, listen, we had the authority to come here and tell you what to do and to act uh, and lord over you and act like we were better than you, but instead we were gentle. We were humble. We came before you not with pride, not with applause, not needing to be patted on the back. How many know if we need to be patted on the back all the time, then that's a sign that maybe we think it's being humble, but really that's a sign of pride. 
He says, we didn't assert our power. We, did, we came and we promoted peace and gentleness, one of the fruits of the Spirit. You see, how many know humility is not thinking less of ourselves, putting ourselves down. Humility is thinking about ourselves less. How many know there's a difference between thinking less of ourselves and thinking about ourselves less? In, in Proverbs 18, 12, the Bible says this, before destruction, a heart is full of pride, but before honor, a heart is full of humility. James and Peter both tell us, God resists the proud man, but gives more grace to the humble. Number seven, the seventh authentic mark of authenticity is the mark of dependability. Dependability. Consistency, honesty, integrity, sincerity, transparency, humility, dependability. Say dependability. Look at verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians 2. He said, surely you remember our toil, our hardship, how we worked day and night, and we were not a burden to anyone in order to preach the gospel. In other words, we proved that we were trustworthy. We proved that we were dependable. We proved that we were reliable. We worked hard. We persevered through difficulty. We took responsibility for our own life. We didn't expect you to carry the burden. We carried our own burden for our own life. We proved we could be counted on to show up when we said we'd show up, and we would do what we said we would do. Isn't that a mark of authenticity? When someone says they'll show up and do what they're going to do and show up when they say they're going to show up. Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 to 4, Darius promotes Daniel, who was an outsider in Babylon, to be vice president over the whole region. Chapter 6 tells us that Daniel was preferred over all of the other leaders because he had a spirit of excellence, and he was faithful. He was trustworthy. He was dependable. He was reliable. He showed up when he said he was going to show up. He did what he said what he was going to do. Number eight. The authentic life is a mark of purity. Say purity. You see, on, uh, it, consistency, honesty, integrity. I'm, I'm forgetting them now. There's so many of them. Sincerity, transparency, humility, and purity. Look at verse 10 of chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians. You and God witnessed. Notice it's not only before God, but it's also before others. You and God witnessed that we behaved holy, righteous, and blameless. We behave that way among you who believed as well. I mean, holy means set apart, which means we should separate ourselves from wrong things. Righteous means right standing, which means we should do the right thing. So holiness, the difference between holiness and righteousness, holiness is you separate from wrong things. Righteousness is you do right things. How many know both of those are important for purity? Some people will separate from wrong things but not do the right things. Some people will do the right things but not separate from wrong things. And blameless means you have a reputation with other people that you do both. That's the difference between those terms, holy, righteous, and blameless. And those are marks of integrity. Daniel, again, Daniel 6, verses 1 to 4. Daniel was preferred and vice president over others. Why? Because they tried all the others because he was preferred and he was doing so well. Others tried to tear him down and bring him down. It says they sought to find fault to discredit him, but they found no evidence to blame him. Would to God they'd find no evidence to blame us. 
The authentic life, number nine, and lastly, is a mark of maturity. Say maturity. Let me go through them real quick one more time. Consistency, honesty, integrity, sincerity, transparency, humility, purity, and then maturity. Look at verse 11 and 12. When we dealt with you, we dealt with you as a mature father deals with his children. Challenging, encouraging, and urging you to live lives worthy, appropriately authentic, mature. In other words, Paul said we acted like a mature father because we want you to become mature. We want you to act appropriate and worthy like God. And notice there are three things, and every father should notice these three things because they're important acts of fatherhood. And notice he said we challenged, we encouraged, and we urged. All three are important for kids to grow and for anybody that we're living a life in front of will grow. Any type of leadership, we need to do all things. Challenge, encourage, and to urge. Let me put it this way. Challenging is pointing out things. Encouraging is patting on the back. Urging is pushing forward. And how many know a, a mature person, if they're going to grow, needs people in their life who point, point things out, who pat them on the back, and who also push them forward? That's maturity. That's how we grow. If we don't want anyone to ever tell us anything, oh, don't, 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 don't tell me that I'm doing this wrong or don't point. Or, and everybody needs pats on the back and everybody needs push forward. All three are important for growth and maturity. Hebrews 5, 11 to chapter 6, verse 1. There was a time, at this time you ought to be leaders. Instead, you're still children needing to be taught the basic milk of the word. Instead, you can't handle meat and mature principles. And then he goes on in chapter 6 to say, let us go on to maturity. How many know God wants us to grow up and be become mature? Maturity is a mark of authenticity. Now, I went through those nine really fast. Why? Because those are all Christ-like qualities that we all need to develop. Now, here's the bottom line. Let me ask a question. Many years ago, when I was a young pastor, I had an older pastor who happened to be my father say to me one time, and said something to me that really was important and I've tried to hold dear in my heart. I'm sure it wasn't original with him and maybe you've heard it. But he said to me, he said, Bill, if your Christianity was put on trial today, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Wow. If my Christianity, your Christianity today was put on trial, would there be enough evidence? Here's exhibit A, exhibit B. Look at Look at their integrity, look at their honesty, look at their transparency, look at their maturity. Here's, could they call enough witnesses, oh boy, to vouch for our character? Listen, that's a heavy truth. And as a father today, I'm urging and challenging. Today's not a pat on the back. Some Sundays we get pats on the back because that's what a good father does. But some Sundays we need to be challenged and we need to be pushed forward, urged. And I believe this year, if things are going to change in our life and around us, we need authenticity. And the authentic life has these qualities and these attributes today. Now, let me tell you a story in closing. There was a zoo 
that was known for its collection of animals, good animals, great animals. One day, the gorilla in the main exhibit died. To keep up appearances, they hired a man to wear a gorilla suit. The man didn't know how to act like a gorilla, and so on the very first day, he walked too close to the wall, tripped, and fell into the lion's exhibit. Panicking and screaming, thinking his life was over, he began to scream and holler for help. When the lion turned to him and said, you better be quiet, we're both going to get fired. <laughs> How many know that's not an authentic? Can I, can I just be straight with you before we pray? Listen. Listen. The truth is, we all wear masks to a certain degree. Come on, let's be honest. We all put up pretenses in certain modes. First time you went out on a date, you put on a mask. Oh, come on. They didn't see the real you the first time. Okay? So, and some of us are still married for 40 years, thank God. Look, we all, look, we all, to a certain degree, wear masks. We pretend Things are okay when they're not okay. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm blessed. Meanwhile, we're really struggling. And listen, the truth is, not only do we all wear masks at times, the truth is, is none of us can be Christ-like and have these marks of authenticity in our life. We can't do it on our own. How many know that? I, I can't be all those things I preached this morning. You can't be those things that I preached this morning without God's help, without having a heart that wants to be Christ-like, without asking and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our life. But that's where it starts, by being honest with God and honest with ourselves to say, Lord, I can do better. I can be what you want me to be with your help. Listen, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in one sermon. It's not going to happen in one month. But if we will... Be honest with God and say, listen, God, I'm going to take the mask off today, and I'm going to be real with you. This is where I'm at. I need your help in this area. Would you help me? And how we know God is all in on that. When we're honest with God, he, he will help us. It's when we fake it to make it. Come on. That's when God says, you want to fake it? Keep faking it. When you're ready to be honest, what happened with Jacob who went in to deceive his brother, his father with, his, with, the, with the Esau mask, and he got the blessing? Listen, we may get certain things, and we may get ahead on certain areas. We may accomplish some things by faking it. But how many know there's a point when it comes back and it bites us, just like Jacob? And you know, the day that Jacob stopped wrestling and fighting with being Jacob, he became Israel. The day he gave up saying, I'm a supplanter, I'm a deceiver, I'm a faker, and he said, I'm going to be Israel, him who has power with God and man. I mean, God wants to transform us that way, but only be when we're honest. Bow your head, stand with me. We're going to pray. I got to let you go in just a couple of minutes. Well, would you just bow your head with me this morning? Please, don't let our own thoughts and don't let the enemy condemn us today and say, you'll never live up to that. You, you'll never be that kind. Listen, 
God would never call us something that he wouldn't empower us to be. And I'm not going to lie and pretend to you and tell you I've arrived at all nine of those marks of authenticity. I'm still a work in progress. Are there any other works in progress this morning? Lift your hand toward heaven and say, Lord, I'm a work in progress, but thank you, Lord, that you love me just the way I am. You realize God made every one of us originals? He doesn't want us to, he doesn't want you to be like Pastor Farina. He doesn't want you to be like the Apostle Paul. He doesn't want you to be like any. One else, he wants you to be you that wants to be like Jesus. That's it. He wants me to be me wanting to be like Jesus. He wants you to be you wanting to be like Jesus. That's honesty before God. God, I'm not perfect and I'm never going to be perfect. I've messed up. And maybe this morning, someone within the sound of my voice say, Pastor, you know what, this past year... These past couple of years, I've been knocked off my game and I haven't been exactly what I should be and I haven't exactly been living up to the authentic life that God wants me. I haven't been exactly doing some of the things and being what God... But today I'm challenged in my heart, not condemned, but I'm challenged in my heart. I'm going to be better in areas of my life and I, I want to be like Jesus, and I want to take the mask off today, and I'm going to be real with God and say, God, change me on the inside. Change me on the inside and help me to be like Jesus. We're going to sing as our closing thing, that, that song that you helped us with earlier. You, you walk through my walls. You knock down those barriers, those pretenses, those masks. You knock down those, those, those masks and those things I put up to protect myself. And you reached into my past and you forgave me and you're going to change me today into the image of Jesus Christ. Come on, make that your prayer today. Make that your desire. Lord, I'm giving you permission with honesty to walk through my walls, knock down my mask, knock down those distractions and make me more like Jesus today. Would you make that your prayer with me as we take this journey over this year into authenticity? Join me and worship and let's be what God wants us to be. Come on, sing it, and let's worship Him.